0: Hello and welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto. This week we are joined by someone that I personally have learned a lot from in the crypto space and that is Jason Pizzino. Now, Jason has a huge following both on Insta and YouTube and regularly shares so much incredible information for free. We deep dive into what it takes to set up a self-managed super fund, and this is something we briefly touched on in our tax episode, but Jason talks us through why he opted to move all of his super into crypto. He shares how much it actually costs to set it up, what you should consider before you make the move, and just how much he has made since he started. This episode is one of the most interesting topics we've done so far. And as always, guys, we do mention it throughout the episode, but please ensure you chat to your accountant and do your own research as everything we speak about in this episode is not financial advice and not tailored to your personal situation. So whether you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious, I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and this is Tapping Into Crypto. guys, welcome back. We are joined today by Jason Pizzino. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Alicia. It's so good to have you. We're actually on Zoom and have been chatting about all things crypto before this. So most of our listeners will probably know who you are. But for those who haven't found you yet, what does a normal day look like for you at the moment?
1: Well, I mean, I guess the ones who haven't found me yet, my normal day looks like getting up, going to the gym. I live on the Gold Coast, so got the beach as well and then a bit of breakfast. And then I basically go and sit in front of my computer and look at the the crypto markets. And that's where it all kicks off. Got some videos to do and checking my accounts, that sort of thing. So that's how the day kind of starts.
0: Amazing. And you do. You share so much information, both on your Instagram through YouTube. Like I know personally, I've learned so much just from following you and seeing what you're chatting about, which is epic. What was your very first crypto purchase? When did you enter the market?
1: Uh, that was back in... Early twenty seventeen, it was I think it was around March or April. because um, a friend was hitting me up all twenty sixteen, just gotta buy this stuff, gotta buy, gotta buy, gotta buy. And it sounded too good to be true because he was talking about returns of like a thousand percent or something going twenty X. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. You know, that it sounds a bit scammy, it doesn't sound like the traditional markets, which is what I was trading in in commodities, where you're doing like half percent a day, leveraged you know, 10x or something. So yeah, maybe you get 5%, but it didn't sound too true. But that was pretty much the first time that I bought. It was around March, April, and I was waiting for my account to get set up. I think it was with Coinja, who isn't Australian anymore. They've moved to the UK. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, and it was Bitcoin. Had to be Bitcoin at the time. 1200 US dollars, I think it was. Oh my God. Imagine. Yeah. How good. Yeah. And
0: did you hang on to it through all the, the ups and the downs and the waves that came
1: after that? Uh, <laughs> In my super fund, I did. Yes. In my superannuation, my other accounts, my personal stuff, uh, I think I probably threw it into some ICOs because that was the craze in 2017. Just like NFTs are the craze now. That was what it was back then. So it was just like, go in the ICOs, trying to get your 100 Xs.
0: Yeah. And let's let's chat on what those two things are because some people may have not listened to earlier episodes and this might be the first one they're tuning into. So if you haven't heard of an ICO, what's that?
1: An ICO, uh, initial coin offering. So it's similar to like a company in the US stocks or Aussie stocks or any stock exchange where they will list their company for the public to be able to purchase it. An ICO is the initial coin offering of a crypto company. So they list their coin and you can purchase this coin. So the difference is though that you're not actually buying any piece of the company. It's just the token that's used in their network. That's the ICO.
0: So today, you touched on it before, you touched on some of your Bitcoin is still in your super and that's what we're going to be talking about today because I know myself, this was a great new revelation for me that you can actually set up a self-managed super fund. So before we dive into it, can you just explain if someone's never heard the term self-managed super fund, it's pretty self-explanatory, but what is it? Mm.
1: All right. So SMSF is what it is for short, self-managed, so you're managing your own super money. That's it. Your superannuation, which is your retirement fund, instead of it going over to Host Plus or Sun Super or any of these guys that are taking all their fees and giving you like 4% per annum, you'll have all of that money under your control in a bank account and that is your self-managed super fund.
0: Sounds amazing. It sounds way too good to be true. And it is epic. So, you know, guys, if you're thinking, hey, okay, I want to sign up for this, the best thing to do is, of course, speak to your accountant because there's a whole heap of legislation and stuff that comes along with this. But as a rough guide, like speaking again, very high level, Mm. what sort of, I guess, base do you need to start a self-managed super fund?
1: A base, like how much cash potentially? I mean, I've heard some reports say that you need at least a million dollars to have your own super fund. And uh, that was off someone else who was very strict into traditional markets, you know, like your your stock market. Maybe you're just doing the numbers on okay, I'm only going to get 7% per annum minus the fees and the costs to run it, blah, blah, blah. So it's got to be that to make it worthwhile. But we're talking cryptocurrency and Bitcoin has an average of like 200% increase per annum. So even if you halve that and halve it again, say 50% per annum, um, I found it pretty easy to start with like 20 to 30 grand. And a lot of people are going to have 20 to 30 grand. I know not everyone's going to have it, but yeah, 20 to 30 grand, for cryptocurrency, some people say it's probably way too low because of the costs to get involved. And from what I've seen, is about three to four grand to get it set up, and then it's about a two grand ongoing per annum. So for traditionally, that's not worth your time. But for the way I see cryptocurrency and where it's going, then I'm looking at a conservatively, I see fifty percent per annum. So that's why I just make sure I do take some profits so that I can pay the fees annually. And if I'm seeing 50% on my 20 grand, I'm getting 10 grand per year, take a little bit of profits so that I can pay the fees per annum and uh, just let it sit there and let it ride out and keep adding to it year on year on year. So yeah, some people might think 20 to 30 grand is a little bit too low because of the cost, but That's just my own experience, my own opinion of where the market is going for cryptocurrency.
0: For sure. And I think, you know, if you asked anyone how much the fees are on their existing super balance, like I know personally, I've got Mm. no idea. I know they come out every year and I know that I lost a whole heap of super when I was younger because I didn't roll it over to the new account and it just got eaten up by fees. So there are fees fees in every super account, in every super strategy you have, there's going to be fees. Um, And I I think if you had a look at what you're charged, depending on your balance, it is quite up there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point.
0: Amazing. And did you migrate your existing super? You know, everyone, day you turn 14, yes. you get your first job, you have your super account. Did you migrate that all over? Uh,
1: every, every super I could find, I brought it all together and then, yeah, started getting into cryptocurrency with that. And I didn't go all in at that time with my super, but uh, from, I think it was last year, 2019 to 2020, I started putting pretty much every last cent I had from my super into crypto.
0: That is amazing. Oh my God. I can only imagine how much that has paid off for you now. Well,
1: you, I know you follow on uh, Instagram and I post that every so often.
0: <laughs> yep. It yeah. certainly has. For those that haven't seen it, do you want to talk about it?
1: Yeah, of course. See if I can open it up now and just give a, this, guys. A, a live, live update, update, especially after the crash today. Oh, we had that nice little crash.
0: I know, guys. We are currently recording and yeah, we have just seen a bit of a dip overnight. Not ideal, but it wasn't, you know, we've seen worse.
1: It doesn't even look like it moved much. It's. I don't know if you're going to get that three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars from twenty grand. I'll refresh. Yeah, three hundred and twenty-five thousand. Yeah, it was from twenty-six thousand dollars. That is incredible. Yeah, that's from twenty seventeen. Part of it, and then the other part was in uh, like twenty twenty when Bitcoin had that really big COVID crash in in March, and it started climbing back to five thousand. I just thought uh, it could go down further, but we've had a pretty strong low and. All right. Dollar cost averaging means put it in. All right. Go for it. So that's what I started doing.
0: That is epic. I love this so much. And I think guys, like, yeah, this is certainly not for the risk adverse because there is that volatility still in the market. And you know, you need to be going in with your eyes wide open, definitely speaking to your accountant, getting some financial advice and really understanding what you're doing. Jason, how hard would you say it is to actually set that up? Like how challenging was it to create your own self managed super fund? Uh
1: I mean, this was like seven years ago when I created it. So things are probably different now. And so what I've heard from other friends and acquaintances who are setting theirs up, uh, it does take a little bit longer. I think some of them are around six weeks, maybe five weeks to do all of the, the planning. And then they, they do it through an accountant. So the the process isn't that difficult. You, know, you need to get a few paperworks together. The accountant does a lot of it. And you have to go and set up your bank accounts, of course. So once you've got the paperwork,
0: yeah. And there is, um, of course, we did an episode early on about tax and, you know, the different structures that you can do and companies and trusts and those sort of things. This again, super, as most of you will know, will have some really great tax implications for you. Um, but yeah. again, that's a hundred percent of your accountant to tell you. So we'll tell you there's some good stuff in here and there's definitely incentive to go and set this up. Um, but certainly accountant chat, not us.
1: Yeah, it, we can't do any of that financial advice stuff the things that i do know but obviously check it off with your accountant is uh, 15% tax if you sell within 12 months and i think it's 10% if it's over 12 months of holding so that's your capital gains tax of course check it with your accountant and who knows if the government changes the rules cuz they're in so much debt we'll you know we'll wait and see whether they change any of that stuff but that's what i know so far
0: And there is, you know, a lot of laws around voluntary contributions and a whole heap Mm. of other stuff as well. So guys... Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So you can take it off your own income. Uh, I think that went up to like, last I looked, it was about 25 grand per annum. I think it went up to 27 and a half. Do you know?
0: I don't know off the top of my head. It was definitely twenty five. If it's gone up again, it's even better. But you know, there's things that your partner can do when you're on maternity leave. Like again, this is just a Uh, whole new world. So it is a really heavy topic that we're not going to dive all the way into. But at a high level, we definitely recommend go and check this out.
1: Yeah, the the self managed super fund is really handy for that. I just thought because I was so young as well. uh, Like, what have I got to lose? You know, I'm going to make this money back in my lifetime. I guess you got to have that. Belief in yourself as well, and not just think that I'm going to be stuck at this job for 50 years. But, you know, it was 20 grand, and then you did the numbers like, oh, wow, like 7% per annum, it's going to grow, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I've done my research on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. I've been in this for a few years. I can see where it's going. That's the conviction that I needed to do that. But yeah, I think that's a good point that you definitely need to have some sort of research into it. A lot of research, I would say. Otherwise, you could just be throwing a lot of your. Life savings at it blindly,
0: a hundred percent. You know, if you're you're looking thinking of retiring soon, maybe this is not the best move for you. But <laughs> long-term <laughs> growth, a hundred percent. And so, when you've made it and you've you've purchased your Bitcoin, are you actively trading in that then, or no, are you going to buy and hold?
1: Yeah, buy and hold. I understand. Again, you know, we I keep saying that. Not financial advice. Make sure you check with your accountant and all that sort of stuff. But what I understand is the auditors don't look so favorably on a lot of trading going on. They, they don't really want to see that on your records that you've been trading all this money from your superannuation in and out of the exchange or to your bank accounts and backwards and forwards. Yeah. I know that's probably there's probably like a lot easier way to, to do things, but to make things super easy for myself, it's just buy and hold. And I'm convinced with Bitcoin and Ethereum, there will be others, that's okay. But that's what I do is just buy and hold Bitcoin and ETH.
0: Cool. I love this. And I think, yeah, guys, epic topic. Go and do your research and definitely chat to an accountant because there's so much to learn here. And we're only scraping the surface, but it is so good. So, yes. Jason, whilst we have you on the podcast, I want to pick your brains about you know a few other aspects of crypto because as I said, you are such a wealth of information. So, if someone is just starting out and they're not doing self-managed super funds, they're just looking to get into crypto. They've heard about it, all their friends, they've maybe watched a couple of your videos. They're like, hey, I want in. What would you suggest to them?
1: That, that comes up quite a lot. And I would say, start from the top in the coin market caps, so and the top is Bitcoin. It's been around the longest. Start to learn about what that is, because it becomes very easy to just throw your money at anything. And once you get into it a little bit further, you start to think, well, Bitcoin doesn't have any growth. I'm going to get into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And maybe you know, it ends up you don't make any money. And so it just becomes a bit of a gamble. So the first thing I say to people is just learn about Bitcoin, then learn about how to set your investment plan up. Whether that is you want a dollar cost average in, or you just want to look at just a couple that you're going to put into your portfolio, and I guess dollar cost average into to multiple coins, but just keep it really simple because most people come into crypto without any investment experience, and then they just think it's a, a big game, and they pretty much treat it as a game, and they lose. Uh, that's just pure numbers. Ninety percent of people lose when they trade, and mm-hmm. that money just goes to the people who are who are smarter and who have learned more. So try to become one of those people and just keep it nice and simple.
0: And I think that's such a great analogy. Like when you think about people starting in an investment journey, there's not many people that would go in and go do their research on the stock market and then go, these companies look good, I'm going to buy it. And then the next day, go and sell it. And trade it for the next best company. Like when you buy those shares, you're usually in it for the long haul because you think that company is great. Like you see long-term potential with that. You've done your research and you think, yes, I want to back this. I want a piece of this company. If you go with that mindset, like it's completely different to going in and kind of going, oh, this one's had the most you know, gains in one day. Let's buy this one. And oh, wait, tomorrow it's this one. Like it's just a very different mindset.
1: Yeah. And then a lot of people don't come into it with like a risk management plan. And that sounds kind of crazy and boring and stupid or, you know, why should I even bother? But it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's your money. So you, people can do what they want. But that's what I would be doing. And that's what I tell new people to do because they generally say they want to make this as like a long term or a lifestyle. They want to get out of their job. They want to leave the grind. And it's like, well, it is another form of a, a job. You just got to like what you're doing. So make sure you enjoy it.
0: And do you personally, do you watch the market at all? Like, do you day trade with anything?
1: No, no, no day trading. I used to do that years ago with um, stocks and commodities when I was trading like CFDs and futures, but I just found it didn't suit my lifestyle that I wanted. And that was part of the plan, really. It's like, what do I want from my day? And sitting in front of the computer doing those sorts of things isn't something that I wanted from my trading, my crypto. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people, they do that. Hey, it's like, oh, the market's going down. How do I make money from the market? That's always the next thing that comes when the market is going down is, how do I make money from the market? I've got to start trading. It's like, oh, I think that's probably not a good idea. You have zero experience and you were going up against people with decades of experience.
0: And it's exhausting. Like I got to a yeah. point personally where I was like down to minute charts for a moment. And oh. oh my God, my poor brain. I was like, what? why am I doing this to myself? Like you just are the highest of highs, but then the lowest of lows, <laughs> And the they move the wrong way, you're like, oh God, what have I done? Where's all my money gone?
1: Exactly. So, it's it? just a whole other job that you've created for yourself and there is no guarantee of an income.
0: And some people love it. Like, you know, there is a space for this for some people, but you go into that with that mindset that this is what you're doing. This is what you're going to learn about. And it is, as you said, going to be your job. So,
1: Totally. Most people, they'll, they'll do that and they'll go into it with their emotions. Like it's an emotional need to trade because you want to make money. Whereas the guys that I've seen be successful in it is that they enjoy the craft of risk management and... Uh, understanding patterns or fundamentals. That's why they go into it, not because they need money.
0: And so what about you're obviously fully into this, like you back crypto, you've got it in your self-managed super fund. It's something that you live and breathe by. Where do you think the future is going to go? It's like asking you to predict and have a crystal ball, but what you're seeing, the projects that you're seeing come out now, what do you think is going to happen?
1: I think it's becoming more like in a normal space for us. Like it's becoming part of what we do day to day. So I almost feel like we've kind of jumped over that, that hurdle now where the adoption has taken place. And I think we have gelled to enough people where it's it's stuck. So even if we did get the next big crash or the correction, I think there's enough people that are interested in it, that are, that are invested in it with their time or physically, and it's here to stay and going to continue to grow. What does that look like in the world? I, I don't know. I think we're going to see governments have to adapt, especially to the decentralized nature of how money is being created and how governance can be created. I don't know if that's going to happen in this generation. Maybe it takes another generation for it to come through, but I think that's where it could head. You know, that that's the idea about it. And if it's getting stuck now to people, people are wanting it, I can only see us going further in that direction.
0: And even just in the last 12 months, like um my backgrounds in payments and the adoption that we've seen from the big players there, like you know, MasterCard, yeah. Visa, PayPal, they're all like, hey, what is this? All right, we're gonna have to adopt, we're gonna pivot, we're gonna change, we're gonna add this into our portfolio and how we allow people to interact with us. And that is such early stages, but they're having those conversations and they're making those changes now, which is crazy.
1: That is that is true. And I like that you went from the angle of payments and money, whereas I'm always very focused on. Governments and how much they're, you know, influencing our lives when they shouldn't be. And I think cryptocurrency technology allows us to just take that one breath away from the government and then just getting out of our lives a little bit. We've seen that so much over the last, you know, 18 months. They've been nonstop in our lives.
0: Especially, yeah, yeah, as we're talking, like, you know, the middle of the pandemic, everything's kind of coming better now, but it is. We're still living in lockdowns. Half the country's in a lockdown as we're recording this. So um, people want to be able to be a little bit more in control and a little bit more involved,
1: which is really cool. Yeah, I think that can definitely help. That's what the technology is there for.
0: Cool. All right. So you've given us some great tips for those just starting out. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with people that are listening that are on a crypto journey, they're loving what they're doing and probably riding some pretty big waves
1: at the moment? Take profits don't be afraid to take profits. And Bitcoin is king. It's it's going to be king for quite a long time to come, even if you don't believe it and you know the next big thing is out there. So just try to have some Bitcoin there. Not financial advice, of course. But even though it's not as sexy or fast moving as some of the other cryptocurrencies, it is where all the big money is going. Bitcoin and Ethereum, regardless of all of the, the FUD, the fear, uncertainty, doubt that is created for them. That's what I would leave with is just take profits. Don't be afraid to take profits. Don't get too emotionally caught up in the markets and just continue to stack those SATs.
0: Amazing, and you do live and breathe this. If people have seen your videos before, they will see the Bitcoin number plate behind you, Bitcoin <laughs> hat. It's all going on, so. and of course, the very well positioned Swiftex
1: hat. Swiftex, and then the
0: Bitcoin T-shirt, guys. It's all here. We are living and breathing this. And you know, Jason, you've got an epic portfolio. You do share this along with so much advice as well. So, if people have loved what you've had to say and want to learn more from you, where can they find you?
1: Good question. You can find me on Instagram, on Twitter and on YouTube. They're the primary bases that I'm uh, producing content.
0: Amazing. And we will pop links to them all in the show notes. So jump on board and go and check it out. And as always, it's such a pleasure to chat to you. And thank Likewise. you so much for joining us. Thank you, Alicia.